0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Miami Total Football Radio, the number one inter-Miami focused podcast providing you with all the latest news, analysis, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much more. My name is Franco Pinizo, and I am one of the weekly co-hosts of this bilingual program, a bilingual program that has been listened to in more than 50 countries and counting, and where the beautiful game collides with passion and analysis it's just two of us again on this week's pod, and that's because Jose Armando, a.k.a. Island Jose, is too busy covering the World Baseball Classic here in Miami. It's okay, though, because we have his better half all the same. Isn't that right, Andrea? Joining me once again is none other than Ajisita herself, Andrea Llanes, as she is more formally known. Andrea, how are you doing today? I know you're also in the baseball mix here, but you're present. Jose is not. I guess that shows who's uh, who's, who's got a little more energy in the tank.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to begin the podcast slandering my own husband. I'm just going to say that, yes, uh, we've been a little busy with the baseball classic, but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talking about that beautiful game, about the king of sports, the best sports in the world. Football, So I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back with Franco um, in this week. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of opinions also. We have a lot of analysis because um, with Gregory's injury, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we got a lot to discuss to see what the team can do, what Phil can do, and how will it affect the team moving forward after this terrible, terrible, terrible injury that Gregory had.
0: So we will talk about a lot of those things, if not all of those things that Andrea just mentioned. Uh, We also have to talk about one other thing, and I don't know if you want to call it an elephant in the room, but it's it's something that uh, I've been wanting to mention for for a few weeks now, and we've been putting it off and putting it off, but alas, I think it's time. I think it's time to address it. So as you listeners may or may not know, depending on how long you've been listening to the podcast, uh, there's normally a team of four of us, right? Jose, Andrea... Myself and Steve El Primo Brenner. Steve, however, has not been on for quite some time, and there's a reason for that. Steve has a full-time job now, and he's not working a full-time job in sports. So his schedule has become a lot busier, and as a result, he has not been able to come onto the podcast. He's been busy with his new work, busy with his family, completely understandable. Uh, Primo and I have been doing this, woof, before Andrea and before Jose even joined, so Steve and I have been doing this for at least, I think, two seasons, but Steve is taking a hiatus or a sabbatical from Miami Total Football Radio, we will miss him for now, but he says he can pop back in at any time, and of course the door is open for him to do so, he is part of the Miami Total Football Radio Family. Uh we go back to that twenty twenty one season when he joined the podcast, so it's been a good run for him. I don't I won't write him off. I won't say he's done. Tell the
1: truth. He's playing the baseball classic for Great Britain.
0: (laughs) 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 Maybe, maybe he's also doing that in his spare time. But um no, no. A big shout out, a big hug to El Primo. Um, you know, he's been a, a very integral part of this podcast for so long, a staple and it was just uh, him and I, when uh, when my original co-host Eric Krakauer, who's now doing great things for Apple TV, uh, you know, he he helped fill that void. So a shout out to Steve, um, who for now will not be part of the usual makeup of the team. I've been wanting to to have him on and try to say you know a goodbye episode, but it just hasn't worked out. We just haven't been able to to get that to work. And I've seen some people ask here. And they're including last week in, uh, in a nice tweet for Primo. Not a ni- so nice tweet for Andrea. But nonetheless. On
1: International uh... <laughs> Women's Day. Say it. Wow. I'm getting dragged on International uh, Women's Day. Wow.
0: Well, uh, non- nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Steve. Um, and, and hopefully we'll have him back on in the near future. I have a sneaky, sneaky, or sneaking suspicion That if someone signs this summer, El Primo will be back in the fold in no time. But that's just my sensation. That's not inside information. All right, Andrea. We've got, like you mentioned, a lot to talk about. Inter-Miami's defeat to New York City FC. The injury to Gregory. What that all means. How does Inter-Miami replace him? And how the team moves forward from here. We will also preview this upcoming weekend's game against Toronto FC. As well as, of course answering some questions in our beloved Q&A session and sharing our final thoughts. So we've got quite a bit to get to. I'm going to do my darndest to get it in that one hour and ten minute span, especially since we're recording late because you just got home from the World Baseball Classic. So, Andrea, lots to talk about. Let's get to it. All right, listeners. So before we dive into the game, which is normally what we do first, or we try to do first, we're going to dive into what I think is just as big, if not a bigger talking point than the most recent defeat. And that is that Gregory suffered an injury in the second half of that game. Now, what is the injury? How long is he out for? Normally, normally, right, Andrea? We don't get a lot of information regarding Inter-Miami and injuries. Like, they're super secretive. It's like uh rush hour reference here G14 classified it's it's like you know locked up in a vault and only Chris Henderson and Phil Neville and the players can get to that injury information but in this case Inter Miami did release some details not a whole lot but something so progress uh crumbs <laughs> uh, hey hey it's, it's, it's a, progress it's, it's progress we'll memory. we'll take that we'll take that for for now for now uh so Gregory suffered a Liz Frank injury. And he has been ruled out, according to Inter Miami, indefinitely. Now, he was set to go undergo excuse me a procedure on Tuesday at Baptist Health, and a recovery timeline will be determined at some point after that. Now, judging from the language in that release that Inter Miami put out on Monday, and Judging from the scenes that we could see at Yankee Stadium with Gregory in tears as he was being tended to on the ground by the medical staff. As he walked off with a noticeable limp. And as he was afterwards carted off uh, on a, I guess a stretcher is, is the right term there. Uh, it, it didn't look good. It looked really bad. And it sounds like he's going to miss a good bit of time. It sounds like it's going to be, to me, it sounds like months. Now, I'm speculating because we don't have the information, but uh, my sensation, not information, again, to reiterate, my sensation is that he's going to be out for many, many months. And if that's the case, that's a big, big blow for Inter-Miami. And your thoughts on the injury, how big of a blow is this for Inter-Miami?
1: Um, It's a big blow for Inter Miami as uh, we have been talking in in the beginning of the season. We thought Gregory has been playing well, really well and has been um, one of the main players for Inter Miami this season. So it's a big blow. We were talking, we were texting during the game, we were talking through WhatsApp and we were texting and I told you, it doesn't look good. And we were both saying it doesn't look, look good because you saw it, you saw his reaction and Gregore is a player. <laughs> they called him a pit bull in Brazil because he's that type of player. And when you see Gregore uh, uh, with tears on his face and when you uh, see him have that reaction you kind of got that something was wrong. Then when field said in the press conference that they were going to run some tests, we were like expecting this. Um, and, uh, what they gave us, uh, at least we know what is it and that he's, he needs surgery. I actually asked my sister who is a doctor. She told me that was, um, a problem in his ankle. So he if, if if a person gets an injury there I sent her the report that Inter Miami put out and she told me if a person uh, needs to get surgery and needs to do therapy after so like you said I'm expecting uh, him to miss at least a couple of months because of the surgery and about, and because of the operation that he is going to need he cannot get better without an operation and, and that is why they I expect them if he hasn't had it yet, he's gonna have it very soon so that he can start his recuperation. And it's a big loss for the team. Um, listen not only on the field because gregory, for for something, he's the captain. He's um, a figure that we've come to know that has a good relationship with all the players with the coaching staff with the media and is a true professional so it's really unfortunate to see him and to to have seen him go go down like he went and listen i also wanted to say like i read some people trying to to blame this on Pellegrini Pellegrini did not go with any intention of injuring gregory I don't think he, he went with an intention to injure Gregory. It's an uh, unfortunate and unlucky play, but it's a normal play.
0: Mm. Andrea, we're going to start our disagreements this week. Okay, so this, this injury happens in the 69th minute of the game. As a deflected pass out of the back. Uh, I believe it was intended for Gene Mota from Christopher McVeigh, but it takes a, a deflection. Gregory's racing to it. As is Pellegrini. So it's a 50-50. And Gregory, I think, has the advantage. I think he's got the positional edge there. He's going to get to it first. Now, Pellegrini tries a lunging slide tackle to, to win the ball. Doesn't get any of it. And he gets a lot of Gregory. And that's where Gregory suffered the injury. So former Inter-Miami player, you know, just just as luck would have it or as fate would have it, it's Matthias Pellegrini that injures uh, Gregory on the play. But I do think it is reckless. I do think it's clumsy. And I I would say that that's how I would describe uh what I saw from Pellegrini in 2020, which is 3 years ago, but that's the type of play I saw from him in general. Not 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 in terms of like the defensive uh aspect, but I saw a player that was a bit reckless in terms of some of the decisions he made like uh with the ball, without the ball, just just a bit careless. Um, Again, not malicious, but just kind of not not, not thinking. Uh, And I think that's what happened here. I think, you know, he he should... Because he's coming in from uh, not directly behind Gregory, but behind and to the side, like across from Gregory. He didn't need to slide in there. I get it. They're they're professionals. They're competing. um, But part of that is making... I think it
1: was a normal play.
0: I don't. I don't even
1: I, think it was a yellow card. So
0: I don't. I, I've Andrea. seen people
1: arguing, arguing that it should have been a yellow card. I don't know. For me, it's a normal football play, and it's mm. unlucky that Gregory got injured. I
0: don't um, know about that one, Andrea. He goes across Gregory to try to win the ball, and and that's. I mean, that's where the yeah, injury happens. Yeah, but he's happens. going for the ball. Right. I mean, I'm not, as again. I don't. I'm not saying it's malicious. I, he, he I'm not saying it's malicious. He did
1: tacos and 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 put, and hit him full fully and He was trying to get. The well, I,
0: again, I'm not saying it's malicious. I think it's reckless because it was.
1: Cl- I don't know if reckless. I wouldn't agree with reckless. Maybe a little bit clumsy because of course Gregory is injured and he's gonna be out for a couple of months. Oof. But I just watched uh, it
0: again. I'm sorry. I just watched it again. And if you want to see the the play, you can see it. Uh, on the article at mlssoccer.com. But Gregory's running for the ball, and oof. Pellegrini goes again. He leaves his feet to try to win it on a slide, and his body, his torso, catches Gregory's left ankle, and that's where, uh, oof, you, you see where it bends uh, a bit, and you see Gregory in immediate pain. Uh, Pellegrini then, like, kind of covers his face, acting if like, you know, he had gotten some contact. I think it's a bit, again, clumsy. I would say reckless. I would say reckless, because... You know that the other player is going to win that ball. You know when you are you have a chance to get to it and when you don't. And clearly him lunging is because he knows he's not going to get to it. So I think it... Listen. You could argue whether it's a yellow. You could argue whether it's a red. Debate over that. But I do think it was... It wasn't necessary there. I think... In other circumstances, a different player probably pulls up or doesn't doesn't make that challenge. Nonetheless, the challenge is made, and Gregory is injured. So, focusing on Inter-Miami, it is a big loss because they have now lost their captain, like you mentioned, their pit bull in the middle of the field, the player that blanketed the back four and helped to provide that defensive balance. Without him, it's tough. It's tough because Victor Ulloa is... He's not going to be the type of player that can provide you the same exact thing. You know, he's, he's, you could say it's a like for like change and, you know, you you can hope that he does uh, a respectable job there, but.
1: It's not the same. We were, we were actually talking about that with Jose and Jose wrote an article about it. And I agree with him because he was telling me, okay, it can go two ways. Uh, he doesn't change formation because Campana we don't know if he's fully back or he can play against Toronto or he, he or if he is fit to play the whole 90 minutes so you bring Uyoa in he's going to cover you defensively for what Gregory does but he's not going to give you the same um type of play so that means Mota, he's not as physical yeah he's, he's not as physical he's not coach.
0: he's not he's not as he's not as rangy he can't cover as much ground exactly he's so slower that means
1: that means mota will have to take some of that responsibility some of that defensive responsibility and if Mota takes that defensive responsibility it means that he's gonna be involved a little bit less and you're not you're not gonna see him go up as much as he did with in these past games with pizarro with stefanelli he's not gonna do that so that is a big change, a big change, and a big decision that it brings for Phil Neville because you don't have Campana, so it seems he doesn't want to go back to the diamond if Campana is not here because he doesn't... Well, also, there's
0: also injuries up top right now. There's a bunch exactly. of injuries up top, so there, the, you
1: know, Lacaba is injured, Robbie Robinson is injured, so he doesn't have a lot of options. Uh, Borgelin is injured, um, Campana is injured, so I don't think he's going back if Campana is not fully fit, but if he brings back the diamond, then... You can you only bring Tampana in, and you let Mota take Gregor's responsibilities in
0: the diamond. So, I don't know. I don't know what Phil Neville is going to do here. I'm very curious to see how he approaches it. Does he does he go like for like, um, and if that doesn't work, does he does he go more attack minded and put someone like Jean Mota? Because you can put Gene Mota at, at the six, right? He played there last year, and Gregory was playing a little bit more advanced. But Mota is not that defensive muscle. He doesn't give you that steal. He doesn't give you that protection. Don't forget, Inter Miami eh, this this year, this winter, they were linked with, or Gregory was linked with a move away from Inter Miami and being sold somewhere. And we did see Nobel Okello on trial at one point, who was a defensive midfielder. Now he didn't stick around. Nothing came of that trial for, for the Canadian. But clearly. They were looking at that defensive midfield position. Now, Gregory's out. Uyo is essentially your only defensive midfielder. Uh, it, it's, it's a predicament. It's a predicament. And, and this is where we'll really see if, like Phil Neville says, Inter-Miami is too deep. I think this bodes well for Benjamin Kermashi. Probably not as a starter, but uh, you know, off the bench. Uh, in that central midfield if, if inter Miami needs a little bit more possession, if Uyoa needs needs a breather. I mean right now I, I think it's Uyoa starting if they want to keep that four two three one intact. If and when let's say Campana comes back and let's say Gregory's still out
1: the if
0: they go to the diamond, then I have real questions because I don't know if Uyoa can do that 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 role on his own. With you know, no with no one next to, to him.
1: It would be Mota. Right, but then, be but Mota.
0: then so then if you put Mota there, then I think you're completely taking a gamble. Because then I think the balance between attacking players and defensive players is is not there. I think you're yeah. unbalanced, right? And and I think you, you leave yourself potentially exposed to get hit uh on the counter and to be weaker defensively. And we're going to talk about the defense and whether they're as good as we've been thinking or if they're not as good as we've been thinking and Drake Callender has just been saving their blushes. So we'll we'll get to that in a second. But th- it's it's a predicament. And I'm yeah, sure Phil is. Neville's sitting there with Jason Chrys and, and Javi Morales and Darren Powell Darren. and they're all sitting there and they're and they're going through the, the options and scenarios and maybe Chris Henderson's placing a phone call here or there to see if they can bring somebody for or cheap. Maybe.
1: Franco, they could just uh, play Mota in that position and bring in Duke to play in Mota's position.
0: So that's definitely a possibility. Absolutely, that's a possibility. But again, I think you lose... With def- I Indian think you lose special. something defensively, though. I think, yes, yeah. you're, going to have, you're going to have more attack-minded players and more technical players, like you like to say. Mejor pie, a cleaner yeah. foot, right? A more technical, uh, softer foot. So that will help the attack,
1: then you would you play you're, with you're, the ball. Estás like, resintiendo la
0: defensa. Exactly. Estás resintiendo la defensa. Your defense yeah. now takes a hit. You lose a lot, a lot defensively. And I think Gregory's been uh, instrumental in these first three games, or two yes. games and, and change for him, uh, in terms of covering that back line and, and breaking things up. And without him, uh, you know, I, I it's it's a big, it's a big, big big loss. Push comes to shove this weekend on the road against Toronto FC. Who starts at the defensive midfield spot.
1: I think this week he's going to go with Uyoa starting man for man, starting for Gagore and not change the lineup, mm. especially because Campana could be back, could be back, a big if, as we have been saying until the death of us, we don't know. But he could be back. He could get some minutes, so until campana is 100 percent able to start i don't think he's changing the formation at least okay so until you, that moment so, so right. i think he's bringing one man it's a possibility if he brings ulloa or for me this this game knowing also that insignia is not playing because he's out he can bring in bryce took and leave mota take taking gregor's responsibility
0: so, I will agree that I think it's Uyoa next man up, uh, this weekend. I don't know if long-term, I don't know if long-term that's the solution. And I don't know if long-term it will prove to work out. But I do think that this weekend, it'll be Victor Uyo. And, and the reason for that, he's experienced, you know, he's been around MLS, and you have to have trust, right? Like, if you're into Miami, you've got you to gotta have trust in the next man up. And I think they'll, they'll give him his chance to, to play within his skill set, They won't ask him to do everything that Gregory did, but they'll ask him to try to help fill that void and see how he does and go from there. If he passes with flying colors or he just passes, then I think they they can stick with that. If it doesn't work, if Ulloa does not deliver a good performance level, then I think they will revisit it and and replantear la idea or come up with a different idea. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, a, a big loss for Inter-Miami there, and and unfortunate for Gregory, who uh, had been having a good start, a very good start to the MLS season. So, uh, diving into the game, Andrea. Inter-Miami went on the road to Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, New York, the Big Apple, and they suffered a 1-0 loss to New York City FC. The lone goal, the game-winning goal, the decisive goal, Comes off of Christopher McVeigh, an own goal in the 36th minute, attempting to clear a free kick. McVeigh bundles home across on an awkward clearance attempt. And that's all that it took to sink Inter Miami to his first its first defeat of the year. Inter Miami's now 2-0 and 1. Right? I do wins draws losses in traditional football style i know mls does wins loss draws but
1: don't let them change whatever
0: mls mls can do whatever it wants (laughs) here here, here, exactly mls can mls here at miami total radio we're doing it the good old-fashioned way so i'm going wins draws losses so inter miami now is two oh and one this was the starting lineup for inter miami in the match Again, equipo que ganó, no se tocó. So, the team that had been winning went untouched. So, we had the exact same starting lineup for Inter-Miami. And this one, Drake Callender. In goal, the back four, Deandre Yedlin, Sergi Kristoff, Christopher McVay, Franco Negri. That first line of the midfield was Gene Mota and Gregory. Second line of the midfield, from right to left, Quarantine Coco Jean. I I try to put, when I say his name... I, like, start thinking about how you pronounce it, and I can never do it justice the way you pronounce Coco-Jean. Andrea, so... Let me tell
1: you something so that you don't feel bad. I speak French, so that is why. Oh!
0: <laughs> Did not know that. Did not know that. Did not know that. But, okay, well... we we'll...
1: haven't said anything, because <laughs> then they're going to ask me to be an official translator, and I don't want that
0: job. You'll be the interpreter at the Inter-Miami <laughs> press conferences. Okay. <laughs> Go to Coco-Jean. Nicola Stefanelli and Rodolfo Pizarro were the second, well, they comprised the second line of the midfield. And up top, Joseph Martinez. Now, we will talk about Joseph Martinez. We talked about him last week and his lack of involvement in the final third. He was involved in the final third in this one, but did not deliver. We'll get there in a second. Okay, so we've talked about the goal. We've talked about the lineup. Let's dive into the game. Your analysis on the overall performance from Inter-Miami in this one. Andrea, did you like overall the showing or did it leave you with a bad taste in your mouth?
1: Um, I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it 100%. I think um, we saw good stuff in the first half, especially Mm -hmm. with the chances that Joseph Martinez had. Um, I think that is uh, the best we've seen in Inter Miami um, of him getting involved and him getting more balls, getting more chances. So I really like that. Um, I think the field affected them. Oof. I asked uh, <laughs> Bill <laughs> after he was mad. he after my questions, he just got up and left. but of course, the field has something to do because Oof. my God, that was you could see it in 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 with these new apple angles. Yes, it was horrible, horrendous, like. I've seen better fields in fourth division here. I've covered soccer, every division of, of, of soccer, football here in the United States. And I've seen better fields in, in fourth division being serious. That you was, know, You horrendous. know what it reminded
0: me of? And I'm not even joking. Like It literally reminded me. And I, I did tweet this out during the, the first half of the game. But before I say this, I'll, I, I need to preface this. I lived in New York City. I covered NYCFC when they started in the league and I went to their first ever game at Yankee Stadium and I went to many games at Yankee Stadium. Heck of a uh, press box uh, catering or the press box food at Yankee Stadium. Superb. Now, I always knew that the field was terrible, right? Like, the angles, it's a baseball stadium. So, like, even in the press box, you're sitting and you're at an angle and it's not a soccer experience, it's not. It's not made to be a soccer, football experience, but I don't know if maybe over time I just got used to it, or now maybe again, maybe I had become immune to it a little bit. But man, that field is terrible. There, there's essentially no wings. There's no wing. It literally no. felt like the second half of the Inter Miami <laughs> media game. Like, yeah, exactly. and and I know we were playing fourteen <laughs> on fourteen, and there's no space to do anything. No, and I'm I'm not like I'm not. That was a little little joke to to make it relevant, but it, like. Anyone who's listening to this yes. who has played nope. who has played pickup you've had games I'm sure You can nod your head in approval or or you know say no if you if you haven't but I'm sure the majority of you that have played pickup somewhere you've come across f- games where you're playing on whether it's a full field or a smaller field but you're playing adequate amount of people for that field whether it's 7 on 7 11 on 11 whatever it is but then someone always gets the idea yeah que jueguen todos let everybody play and then you've got like this helter-skelter uh mess where you the ball doesn't move cuz you're just there's no space, everyone's on top of one another, and that's what I saw in this game, which we've seen before with Inter Miami versus NYCFC. Yeah. But like I don't know I don't know if Apple TV just emphasized it even more if the camera angles were a little bit low. I don't know what it was, but like it was terrible. So sorry Andrea, that, that was my that was my long uh uh, intervention, horrendous. but go, you continue. You said it.
1: You said it best, and I'm gonna continue ranting because listen, MLS needs to do something about this field, man. It's Concacaf didn't let them play there. Mm-hmm. They said no, this is not professional. And listen, every time the United States or a United States team goes to Central America or the Caribbean, they begin talking about the field, blah blah blah. Listen, I would prefer a thousand times to play on a muddy field than to play on that because that was. <laughs> seriously horrendous and not only horrendous it's not up to the rules the measurements so as you were saying you put the perfect example it seemed like everyone was on top of everyone and you didn't have enough space for them to play a good match and that is what happened inter miami had possibilities new york city had possibilities but it wasn't an interesting match like it could have been if they played somewhere else i'm sure it's going to be different when they come here I can bet you that. And it's really unfortunate because um, I really like some parts of, of Inter Miami. I, uh, I really did. And I think they should have won the first th- in the first half, at least. They should have gotten a goal. I, I, I would have been happy with a tie. I think they deserved a tie.
0: So before I end my rant on the stadium, right, before I end my rant. So apparently NYCFC will have a... A soccer-specific stadium built in city proper, at least if you believe New York City FC, in 2027. Hopefully, I have I have my questions if it's going to happen by 2027. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, we're stuck seeing this field in MLS for a long time. And this is how I'll finish my rant: is you know, someone brought up a good point. Imagine someone in Europe or South America turning on Apple TV tuning in or whatever whatever the, whatever the games broadcast in in this respect in the respective countries uh imagine them turning on the, the tv the computer whatever and they see that like that they ha- like that's got to be a joke to most people out there i mean it is a joke and this is again it's not a new development nycfc has almost been in the league for a decade and there's many more years to come on that field but man every time you see that it is an eyesore it is ridiculous I can ridiculous. only
1: imagine Christoph and Negris and Stefanelli's first time seeing this pitch they must have I can even hear their voices <laughs>
0: when they when I they can did
1: they say, Jay and I, I I can imagine and Negri saying and Stefanelli especially since he is a very uh, he likes to talk about all that stuff and
0: about football, very, very soccer savvy.
1: Exactly, I can't imagine his face watching that because. Ma-
0: imagine when they did el conocimiento de la oh cancha. When God. they walked out to you know uh, to, to get familiar, familiarize themselves with the field, you must, they must have been like, "What is this?" And there was yeah. a there's the baseball mound it's not far off the sideline. Exactly. There was there's the tape. There was a table with a guy it. sitting oh, it where, where the field should be. There was literally <laughs> a table with a guy sitting there, and I'm sure he served a purpose and he has his function and his roles and responsibilities. But I don't know what it was because he's literally just sitting there yes. at where the field should be. And it, it's, oh, it's, God. it's it's not pretty. It's not a pretty sight. You won't expect to see any MLS All-Star games there. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Any
1: international games there. Well, I'm
0: sure MLS <laughs> secretly is keeping its fingers crossed that no MLS Cup will ever have to be there. Um, but anyway. All right. Back to... Back to the, the game that was played. Because, look, both teams have to play on that field. Yes, NYCFC is probably a bit more uh, familiar and used to it. Of course, it's their home field. Uh, Inter Miami, I agree with you, didn't play poorly. They they put up uh, a respectable effort, especially in that first half. I thought they were the better team in the first half. They should have yeah. scored at least one goal, if not two, depending on how you want to look at it. Joseph Martinez had two goals. Good opportunities, one very good one out of those two, and he failed to put them away. Again, we'll talk about that in a second. But on the collective side, you know, Inter-Miami put up a good fight in that first half. They put forth a respectable showing. Now, the old adage, the old saying is that goals change games. Well, in this one, an own goal changed the game. Because while Inter-Miami was attacking and looking more threatening... Then comes the own goal, right? Joseph Martinez fails to, to capitalize. If he scores one of those one of those two chances, or he scores the first one, which is the, the best one of the day for Inter-Miami, then Inter-Miami has a lead, and the whole complexion of the game changes. Now they have to protect the lead on the road. They don't have to necessarily bombard forward as much or, or look to get forward as much. The whole dynamic of the game changes, but he does not put it away. Free kick comes in. Again, Late in the first half, Christopher McVay, I'm not sure what he was doing there. I know uh, clearly he was trying to to hit the ball to safety, but he just bundled it completely. I think because vino a media altura, like it came at mid-level, so not, not high enough for him to head it, but not low enough for him to, to play it uh, comfortably. I think he he got caught in an awkward attempt to clear the ball, and obviously, as you saw, he he pushed it inadvertently home or not home but inadvertently into uh inter miami's own net so inter miami at that point they're up against it and in the second half the the whole game changed nycfc was more confident their head coach said they also made tactical adjustments but sure there, there were some tactical adjustments they made but i think the goal really changed the course of the game because then inter miami now needed to to push more numbers forward and try to try to take more chances and I don't think they created another very clear-cut opportunity like they had in the first half and NYCFC just looked the better team and and they just had to protect their lead they started to find more space in behind because Inter-Miami was throwing more numbers forward and they created some good looks they could have iced this game the only reason Inter-Miami stayed in this game was because of Drake Callender and once again the amount of quality saves that he made here we'll talk about his performance in in a little bit so Tale of two halves, it reminded me better in the first half. Second half, the wheels fell off um, when they were up against it with their backs against and the wall, especially, especially with the injury. to Yeah, right. I
1: think that changed the game. And a point that I wanted to touch is that they didn't use their five changes. I thought that was weird. I even asked Phil about it because I was really curious. Did they mess it up? He didn't trust uh, what he had on the bench. So they- I think
0: I think part of it... Looking at the bigger picture, is that they don't have many attacking substitutions out there. They just—I know Gregory's uh, a defensive midfielder, but they didn't have a whole lot, right? Yeah. Like They—they're they're, like you've mentioned. Lacava wasn't in, hasn't dressed yet on a match day roster. Uh, Schneider Borgelin still injured. Campana injured. Robbie Robinson injured.
1: They so, had Kremarchi. <laughs>
0: and I do think I do think if the if the injury hadn't happened, I do think we would have seen Kremarchi come in. I do think they, but just the injury changed things and changed the course of things for Inter Miami. That's that's what I think happened. Nonetheless, again, Inter Miami put up a, a respectable fight. Not a whole lot from the outside, you know. You didn't see Franco Negri, understandably so. Um, How? Get, get, <laughs> he exactly. Must have been
1: like, esto? <laughs>
0: he would have had to run out of the field and come back inside to try to find some width out there. But yeah, Inter Miami didn't get a whole lot from fullbacks. They're playing with four, um, so there just there wasn't just an, enough space for them. And, and clearly, a lot of the stuff had to come through the middle. And that's where you saw, like I mentioned before, a lot of uh, players on top of one another just because there's not there's not a whole lot of space. Not a whole lot of space. Now, uh, let's talk about the ongle what do, you, what do you think Christopher McVeigh was doing there? What 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 could he have done or what should he have done? Or should Drake Calendar have come off his line and, and collected that one?
1: Well, if Drake Calendar would have called it before, but I guess we cannot know because we don't have a microphone on Calendar and McVeigh. Sometimes the microphones get it. But we didn't hear who said mine or who said yo or say mia or whatever the hell. <laughs> you use to let your teammate know who is getting to it. I just think McVay tried to, to get it out, to, to do it. And he was a little bit clumsy, a little bit clumsy with the way that he did it, especially in front of the area you need in front of the, the small area, you need to clear it the other way. I think it was a little bit clumsy, Uh um, I don't know if Drake would have gotten to the ball if he had asked for it. I think it's just bad luck a little bit of clumsiness and bad luck for Mike and it wasn't this, it wasn't even deserved by New York City at that moment right. because yeah, they they hadn't shown anything
0: right they uh, did in
1: the second half in the second in right right
0: moment. it's so like well i could i could understand the point that inter miami i can i can see the argument and I don't necessarily hundred percent disagree with. Uh, like you said, that you know they could have gotten a point from this one. And that, and that would have been a respectable result. But based on what I saw in the second half, I thought NYCFC deserved to win. Now, does that come after this own goal? Absolutely. Does that come after Joseph Martinez misses a couple of chances? Yes, absolutely. But that's part of the game. And my analysis, I would say NYCFC deserved to win. Deserved to win. So, uh, yes, Inter-Miami could have been more clinical, but they weren't. They weren't. And, and then the second that's half... That's a big play-
1: problem. Listen, that's a big problem that you have. We'll get
0: there in a second. So we'll get there in a second. And, I, and I'm watching the, the replay of the goal. So it comes a free kick from Inter Miami's right. And, and McVeigh just misplays it. I do think Drake Callender could come out off his line there. I do think it's, it's somewhere... It's a play that he can say, it's mine. I don't
1: think he gets... He, it would have been risky. Right now we can say because it was an on-goal. An on but if Drake came out, it could have been risky. It could have been risky, but and so, it could so, have been a goal also.
0: So where, where, where I would say, and again, these are obviously split-second decisions that have to be made. There's only one player. There's only one player, Maxime Chanel, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's the only player that could make a play on that on that ball because literally everyone else for NYCFC is at the as at the near post, or they make runs to the near post. Like w- watch the replay, and it's I'll, I'll tell you right now as I'm watching it. It just mm-hmm. Maxime Cheneau is the only player who's making the run. That's who McVeigh is trying to protect the ball from, from mm-hmm. um from the ball getting to to that player. But it's literally Chanot, and you've got one, two, three, four, five. At least five, if not six, black and pink jerseys before you see another baby blue NYCFC jersey. Like that that fire should have been dealt with, of course. And again, uh, McVeigh awkwardly awkwardly see I, you, yeah you, you use the word clumsiness. clumsy you yeah. use the word clumsy there but you also use the word clumsy for Pellegrini's challenge see <laughs> I, there's not, I don't think those two things are the same Yeah, one's a clumsy clearance the other well, one's clumsy. a bit the other you one really you, how do you equate that to the challenge <laughs> the challenge is definitely a little reckless but reckless anyway, yeah. reckless yeah. Oh, oh now you agree Clumsy, ah, reckless. reckless.
1: Okay. it's a, a, a world in between it's a little <laughs> it, it, in Spanish it's easier to say like Fue was with fuerza, fue se It But too um, In English, it's hard. But so, I,
0: clumbless, so, clumbless. We'll, cl- we'll say not clumsy, not reckless, clumbless. clumbless. Okay. Yeah, you were. You <laughs> there we go. Uh, look, it, 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 I think the fire could have been put out. I think Drake Callender, if he comes out for that one and he says it's his, all he has to worry about is Maxime Chanel. So, that, it, he comes out, he doesn't have to worry about bodies in front of him. Yeah.
1: Especially because he he is seeing that he there's only one player exactly
0: exactly so I think he could have he could have uh, you know taken steps forward to come collect the ball as opposed to taking a step backwards and now obviously these are again split second decisions these are fine lines these are the margins of error these are the, the decisions that can lead to a win or a loss I, I'm not blaming it on Trey Calendar for the poor clearance that Christopher McVay did clearly McVay again I think he's the ball comes at him at an awkward angle, and and again, he's not the most technical player, so he he kind of awkwardly puts his foot through the ball and, and places it into the back of the net, as opposed to uh, letting the ball drop a little bit more and then him him clearing it uh, in a more comfortable or more natural movement or position. But nonetheless, uh, I do think there's Drake Callender could have done better, and of course Christopher McVay could have done a lot lot better. Now let's go to the other end. Joseph Martinez had two chances. Very good chances. Again, does not put them away. If he does, it's a different game. It's a, it's a game that's more in Inter Miami's favor. But he struggles. And he misses on the first attempt. He puts it over the crossbar, despite being at around the penalty area with decent space. I'm not saying he had uh, acres of space to shoot the one time cross from Rodolfo Pizarro, if I'm not mistaken but he had enough space where you would expect a striker, especially a striker uh, of his pedigree to put that in the back of the net. But he fires it over the crossbar. Got, Got some good power behind it, but got it over the crossbar. Shot it over the crossbar. On the second one, he's more at the top of the 18. Ball comes in. And again, he's got a decent amount of space where he can try to place it, but shoots it too close to the middle and shoots it right at the NYCFC goalkeeper. Now... Andrea, I'm going to be critical of Joseph Martinez because he's paid to score goals. And yes, he's not been the same player since the injury and he's not at 100% sharpness or or at 100% fitness yet. But his job is to score goals. And he did not do that in this game. Yes, he was more involved. Yes, he was at the end of uh, more dangerous plays, which we had not seen in the first two matches. So you can say that's progress. But he had to put one of them... Away, and he and he didn't. And I think he wasted those opportunities. And Phil Neville, I asked Phil Neville after the game where he, you know, where Joseph Martinez is, how much longer do they think it's going to take him to get to 100. percent And Phil was very diplomatic and, you know, obviously uh, positive about about Joseph Martinez. And he said, you know, he's he's almost certain that Joseph Martinez will score goals in in this league this season. He didn't do the Gonzalo Higuaín thing where he would, you know, kind of rip Higuaín not so subtly (laughs) by being like, oh, well, you know, we need to put the ball in the back of the net. Our quality players have to deliver. He didn't do that here. Um, Until he realized Higuaín was (laughs) a solution for his problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, But but just talking on Joseph, I think, you know, he... Again, he's not there yet, but he needed to do better. He has to deliver because that's the difference between either a point on the road, at least a point if not three... And zero. He puts one of those into the back of the net. And you know what this reminded me of? And then, and then I want to hear your thoughts. It reminded me of the Inter-Miami versus Austin FC preseason finale at Drive Pink Stadium. Joseph Martinez had two good looks in that one as well. One very similar at the top of the 18 where he shot it right at the goalkeeper. A, a chance where, again, you would expect him to do better. And I remember Phil Neville's reaction during that game. Phil Neville, when he saw that shot, and it was, again, the second... Similar to this game, the second of two shots where Joseph Martinez failed to capitalize, Phil Neville in that game against Austin FC, like, and it was only a friendly preseason, he, like, threw a fist in frustration and turned back towards the bench. Pretty angry, or pretty frustrated that that chance, that's a clear-cut chance, or a very good chance, wasn't put away. And this happened now in a game where points mattered. Joseph Martinez has to do better. He's got to put that ball in the back of the net. Otherwise, if he, if he doesn't if he doesn't consistently deliver when he's got the ball in the final third then you're going to have to start looking at, at other options because y- yes his name is his name is has got some a- a- appeal and some star power but you have to produce on the field if you're losing games because your forward's not scoring or that's part of why you're losing games then i mean then that's something you have to you have to really review i don't think they'll bench him but i you know right now they're working him back up and and, and that is a problem,
1: but... Franco, because um, talking about that, I agree with what you are saying, but also talking about that Joseph has now the pressure that he is the only striker with experience, with um, career of experience playing in the, and scoring goals. He's the only one. And listen, since the beginning, I was not 100% in agreement with the decision of starting him because he is clearly not 100%. I understand that the team invested in him, but since uh, we have talked in this podcast that he is not ready to be a starter. He's not ready to carry the team and to score as many goals as people expect him to do because he simply is not that player anymore. He can return to be that player, but you have to take a player like this and build him up. I think feel through him, because he needed him, because he needed right. that the, team, the situation is called that for team. it. Yeah. No, and before, because he decided he was going to be a starter even though he wasn't ready. And he threw him in because they needed to get the fans to the stadium. I understand that. But with that, you don't help the player 100%. And now you add Campana's injury to that. You add La Cava that is not injured, but is not getting into the roster. You add Robbie Robinson. You add uh, Borgenland and... Uh, adding not being a striker, Robert Taylor not being a striker, then it, re- it it falls on Joseph. And when you have been injured, when you have the pressure, when you are thinking about all that goes into Joseph, especially him, the most important being him not being 100% physically, that is a lot to cope with. So I understand the misses. That it's, oh, it's, come on. It's, it's necessary for him to get these misses because... That is the only way he will get to scoring goals. Listen, he is, you, it was clear, yes, in another moment he would have gotten them in. Yes, I agree 100% with that. But right now, he should be getting even more chances to, to score goals. Andrea... He got two, Franco, but...
0: Andrea, this is a road game. And and when the put, game was balanced, he got two chances as a number nine. He should put yes, one of those away, he, especially the first one.
1: Listen, Andra, you you're apologizing. Yes, saying,
0: you yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right.
1: I have like and I retracted my statement from I have told you then.
0: since the beginning, he would need time because... Absolutely. He, Absolutely he needs time, Andrea. I get that. I understand he's not 100% there. I get it.
1: And but, the thing is that now but, the
0: responsibility Phil has has thrown the responsibility just to him. No, 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 no. Does he? No, see, that's I don't think that that's an accurate nor a fair statement because I don't think it's Phil's fault of the current. No, obviously the current statement. because of the been injuries. injuries. Absolutely. Everything. So exactly. and, and that's of and that, and not that is how wants to be bad. and that's how I asked the question post game because because of the situation that the team is in. Right? Because of these injuries up top, what was supposed to be a strike partnership where two forwards are carrying the scoring burden or splitting up those responsibilities between themselves or between one another, because of the injuries, Joseph Martinez is essentially right now the only number nine option. Yeah. So now the shoulder, or excuse me, the responsibility falls squarely on his shoulders sooner than Inter Miami probably would. Wanted it to, wanted it, yes, uh, but that's just nature of sports. That's what this that's what's happened. Again, yeah, he needs that first so, but that's so what he has to deliver. Andrea, that's what he gets paid to do. That's yeah, what he is paid to it's do. It's Not as easy
1: as to deliver because if every, every player that is paid to deliver, then the dolphins would have won five Andrea, super bowls. Don't, don't, don't talk to
0: me, here. this is not Miami Total Football. <laughs> uh well, this is Miami Total Football Radio, but it's not Miami Total Football Radio. So no. Okay. Um, so let me no. tell
1: you something nonetheless. Then Slatan would have won five titles with LA Galaxy Andrea. because he delivered in goals. Andrea, if, if inter- would have won with LA Galaxy, it's not. But only he, di- but he that. didn't
0: deliver the goals. That's what. That's the whole point is that he did not deliver but the goals when they needed him people to. People
1: are mad because. They expected him to be the Joseph from Atlanta and no, no, he no, no, is no, no. not no. that
0: I'm not, I'm not asking him I'm not asking him to score a hat trick i'm asking him to put away a clear-cut chance that he had that's what he should have done and that's the expectation he should be held to because he is a player with quality and experience is he the same player he was a few years ago no but that does not mean that he should not be expected to put away that first chance again i understand no, he's not 100 i understand, I understand. It was
1: centimeters it was centimeters he shot it well it's not like he missed it or it it was bad luck because a couple of centimeters lower. Not bad luck,
0: I, and yeah, those are the margins. That's not bad luck. He didn't hit the post here. He shot it over the crossbar. I think you're apologizing for him a little too much. I think, look, he's a striker. He gets paid to put the ball in the back of the net. You could even see him with the. And then, I, hey, kudos, kudos Jeff to Apple. Was not
1: gonna score more than eight goals this hey, season. I could, have told it since the beginning. It's early. But it's right early now. for that.
0: It's early for that. Kudos to Apple, by the way, because I really like their HD. Uh, cameras and the new cameras they brought in with the new angles because you can pick up a lot more detail it's more it feels more football friendly well the yankee stadium field does not the the broadcast do because you could see the close-ups on joseph martinez after the misses you could see him lamenting it in his in his head you could see how he was like man i should have put that one away you could you also saw at halftime when they zoomed in on christopher mcveigh how he said pretty pretty uh noticeably f me you yeah, know? so uh so, you could also see Phil when Pellegrini injured uh Gregore. But, but but okay, so listen, again, it's not all on Joseph, you know, Nicola Stefanelli. Nicola Stefanelli also hasn't hasn't gotten there yet. He talked today yeah. on Tuesday about how he knows he has more to give the team, que puede dar más. You know, he talked about that uh briefly. So, you know, if, if Stefanelli picks up his performance. And that should help Jose Martinez, but you have to expect Joseph Martinez to put that ball in the net. That's what he gets paid to do, regardless if he's 100% or not. Because guess what? Victorio is going to probably play this weekend, or at least we think so. And he hasn't played in several weeks. But he's going to be expected to deliver a, a good performance level there. It's not because, oh, well, he hasn't played in a few weeks, so he's rusty, so that's okay, that's an excuse. No, those are excuses. He has to put the ball in the back of the net. That's it. Simple. Period. That's it. Bottom line, especially on chances like that. All right, let's, let's move forward because we'll get stuck on this topic for a while, it seems. Um, Drake Callender, just just quickly, because we've, we've touched on um, his strong start to the season. Again, in the second half, he came up big to keep Inter-Miami alive to give them a fighting chance to, to take something out of this game. They don't, but another stellar showing from him in goal. He was again named to the MLS team of the match day, second time in the first three weeks that he's done that. Any thoughts on his continued strong start?
1: I really like Ray Talender. I think he's progressing well, especially with his sh- shot stopping. He's a great, great goalkeeper. I think I agree with Phil. It's time for him to get to the next level. And the next level for him is the getting to the U.S. national team. And I've been asking him since a year ago, practically, since he began, if they had called him. Unfortunately, they have not. That is an experience as a player you need to get for you to change perspective, for you to grow in your game. And I think that is what Drake Islanders needs in this moment. That kind of, um, um, I don't know how to say it, like that kind of commitment of responsibility that you get in a national team. I think he needs a taste of that and that will help help him grow.
0: I've seen this type of thing before. Right. And, you know, I get called and Jose has called me in the past, Drake Callender's representante, his representative, his agent, because I've, I've sang his praises dating back to last year when I think it was pretty clear that he can he can make very good saves and he's got very good shot stopping abilities. I don't think he's in the national team picture conversation yet. I think he's starting to become an interesting option that... Listen, the U.S. National team doesn't even have a head coach right now. So, um, But yeah, nonetheless, he's he's, he's he's a player that you start to watch a little more closely. But I don't think he's in the conversation to, to be called up yet. You need to do this consistently.
1: Consistently. Yeah. consistently. Jose, Jose agrees with what you have said. And Absolutely. He has told me that because, yeah, I understand that, but... Listen, um, especially in these games that are coming up with uh, Nations League, that the U.S. practically could you give him a
0: call and have him as a third goalkeeper? Sure
1: but that even that will help him because but, listen if you only call play, uh, goalkeepers from the MLS okay the best goalkeeper in the league is Andre Blake he's not American maybe so. maybe
0: they can do it in April when they're having this uh what this whatever crap name they just came up with for the friendly that they're playing Mexico when it's yeah. not even it's not even a, a, a whatever a FIFA international calendar game yeah so. Clubs are not required to release their players. You know, if I'm in Miami and they try to call Dre Callender, I wouldn't release him. <laughs> like, Because if he gets and if listen, he gets injured on international duty, then you're you're really putting yourself in a tough spot. I wouldn't release him. But, listen, but back knows, to the point. Back Phil to the point. Knows, hold on hold, on, hold on, hold on.
1: It's the step he needs to, hold on. to make.
0: Hold on, hold on. Because I, I got away from my earlier point. I've seen this before. When I covered the Red Bulls as a beat writer when I first moved to New Jersey in 2012, when players start to play well in their respective markets, both... Head coaches and media start to bang the drum of all national team, national team, national team. I've seen it before. I've seen it before. Now I'm not saying Drake Callender doesn't have the potential to make it onto the U.S. national team at some point, but right now, I say no. He needs to consistently get there. Also, the errors that he has with his feet at yeah. the international level.
1: Yeah, that, is th- that something he's going. He's going
0: to get. Portland. He's going to get crushed.
1: Eat in a Right. Yeah.
0: So that has to be. Uh, ironed out, and he has to deliver this type of cons- this type of performance. Maybe not this at this high, high, high level, but he needs to play at a high level consistently for a prolonged period. Now he showed good stuff last year. He was a revelation last year. Thought he finished the year a little shaky, but you remember, don't don't forget, last year he was benched at one point for one game. Nick Marsman came back in against the Chicago Fire, and Marsman didn't have a great game, so they put Trey Calendar back in there. But you, I think need to after, see, you need to see it consistently. That's Then, then we yeah. can talk about national team call-ups. I think it's premature from Phil Neville. I get it. He's, he's, he's backing his guy, giving him a vote of confidence uh, publicly. I get it. And I believe that Phil Neville believes that Drake Callender can get there. And I believe that Drake Callender can get there. But I don't think yeah, he's him. there yet. I think it's premature to he's be talking to He's not better Drake than
1: Callender. my guy, right? Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Are you
0: talking about Sean Johnson? Are you talking about Sean Johnson cuz you cuz you got that one right. The one you've gotten right in like your year and change on the podcast. The only one you have gotten the gotten one right.
1: I got you right also. Nah. Hey,
0: don't take that away from me. <laughs> nah, I'll give that to one to host. I'll give you Sean Johnson. I,
1: I, I... I gave you that pass. I gave you that pass so that we start talking about the Toronto game because All right. Yes.
0: Well, before, before we get there. Going to, before to we be get there. Goalkeeper. Very quickly because we can dive into this more in the Q&A, but very quickly. Is Callender making this defense look better than it is, yes or no?
1: Yes, it's he it's make he is making the the defense look I better, agree. I but agree. that doesn't mean that the defense is bad. Well, we'll
0: touch on that in the Q&A session. We have a good question there. We'll touch on that in the Q&A session. I think yes uh yes big time yes um all right quickly switching gears to sean johnson and toronto fc inter miami goes to bmo field on saturday like you mentioned before italian national team player lorenzo insignia is out with an injury he will not play which is helpful for inter miami uh now toronto fc is winless on this season they lost away to dc united Tied away to Atlanta United and then this past weekend tied 1-1 at home against Columbus. So they have a 0-win, 2-draw, 1-loss record. And they've, and they've scored four goals, so, you know, they can score some goals here. It's, a, it's Bob Bradley's team, so you can expect them to try to be the protagonist. Uh, I don't know if Inter Miami will get the same type of possession as they did against NYCFC. NY, against NYCFC, Inter Miami won the, the possession battle, but I don't necessarily see that being the case against Toronto. Now, very quickly, Andrea. Last week, we thought Inter Miami could beat that NYCFC team. We thought it was a winnable game. And based on what we saw, it was a winnable game. They just didn't do it. Is this game against Toronto FC a winnable game? Can Inter Miami win this match without Gregory?
1: (laughs) It's a winnable match, especially because Toronto haven't found themselves. They're missing their most important player. But still, they have interesting pieces. Richie Larea, they have Bernardeschi, they have a good goalkeeper now. Let's remember that Miami (laughs) won last year because the goalkeeper, that thing that he did when they came to play here, you remember that howler that he had was horrendous. But now they have a good goalkeeper. But I think Miami has more possibility to win against Toronto than uh, with New York, especially because they're playing in a, a good field, first of all and then because miami can take advantage of all the spaces that uh, a team of what well, bradley leaves because they are an attack minded team so inter miami can take advantage of that they have the weapons they have uh, joseph martinez but they need to have pizarro and stefanelli creating more chances creating. More dangerous opportunities in the spaces that the uh, Toronto FC is going to leave because Toronto FC plays going forward. They don't. They don't wait for you or right. Wait for you to come.
0: Right. So, like you mentioned, Federico Bernardeschi will be a player to keep an eye on if you're into Miami. Look, if I'm Phil Neville, and you know, I I, I give. This player that I'm about to mention, all the respect for the career he's carved out, especially you know with the national team. But at this point, he's not what he used to be. If I'm into Miami, I go at Michael Bradley yeah, as, a, as, a, as a point. Like That is who I'm going at consistently. Look, they've, they've partnered Michael Bradley with the more athletic, the more rangy. Of course, Michael Bradley's at a later stage in his career. Um, Mark Anthony K. Mark Anthony K. to help, you know... Uh, fill the spots there in the midfield defensively. Bradley's good positionally, but athletically, I've seen him get beat very easily, often, over the last few years. If I'm into Miami, I'm telling that midfield, go at Michael Bradley any chance you get. Dribble at him, penetrate through that part of the field, try to get around him on the dribble, because it's doable. And I think that that can unbalance Toronto FC, and that can... That can be a very big key for success for Inter-Miami. Now, without Gregory, I'll say what I said last week. Un punto es un buen negocio for Inter-Miami. A point on the road, I think, is uh, a good result. A win, of course. Absolutely. You would take a win today if they, if, you know, if somebody offered you and said, Andrea, I give you a crystal ball and Inter-Miami will win in the future. Will you take that? You know, if, you, if you're Phil Neville, you say, yeah, absolutely. But now, if, if someone came in the future and was like, here's the crystal ball, you will tie on Saturday. Will you take that? You know, like, if I'm into Miami, I would take a draw. Today, I would say without Gregory, I would take a point on the road against Ron FC. I think it's, it's respectable. I think it's a valuable point. And, and then you return home and you've gotten something out of this, this road swing. Yes. So you would take you would you think you take a draw? You would be okay with the draw if you're Inter Miami. I say I say yes. I don't know if that's what Phil Neville thinks, but I I would say yes. I would say, especially without Gregory.
1: Yes, yeah, that plays a long, long, long way. And but Inter Miami, we're gonna begin can do this season. We're gonna begin seeing that in in this game in Toronto. Listen, in Canada, you still have the cold weather up there in exactly, Canada. Exactly, exactly. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for the team. It's going to be hard. Forecasted
0: a- forecasted as high as 33, as low as 24 Fahrenheit. And you can see in this last game against New York City FC yes. how cold inter Miami's players Especially felt. Especially imagine
1: for Joseph and Stefanelli that they have to get accustomed to the humidity down here. And now you're taking them <laughs> exactly. to that kind of temperature. They... I don't expect them to play more than 65 minutes, to tell you the truth, because
0: it's going to be hard on them. So that's so that's the question then, Andrea, to, to start wrapping up this segment. What lineup do you see? Are you only saying Ulloa for Gregory? That's the only change we see, based on what we know. Again, this is early in the week, Tuesday night. Uh, well, Wednesday morning, because we're past midnight now. But uh, is that the only change you see? Ulloa for Gregory? Is that what you think?
1: Uh Yes, I also I'm gonna put an asterisk on asterisk on that because I can see also uh, Phil getting uh, bringing Bryce Duke mm-hmm. to, as a starter for Stefanelli yeah. because of that temperature because of the conditions and because he's not a hundred percent and listen if you get a knock in that cold with a player that is not a hundred percent physically you could cause an an injury and you, Inter Miami cannot afford to lose more players to to injury. So I can see Bryce Duke also coming in for Stefanelli in this match.
0: I didn't like Bryce Duke's performance off the bench against NYCFC. I didn't think he he was particularly good. Uh, he, He lost the ball pretty carelessly a few times. But I do think at this point it's an option that Phil Neville is probably very strongly considering. Because, again, it's not inside information. This is just my sensation, my supposition from the outside. Stefanelli is clearly not 100%. Again, he spoke Tuesday about uh, how he has more to give. He, still, he talked about how he's still adapting to the league and the weather and the new life in a new country. All that stuff plays a part. You know, if you can't focus 100% on the football because you're taking care of your family and making sure that they're okay, like as you're trying to think about um, getting a car or getting an apartment or getting the baby set up in aftercare or whatever it is that happens in the day-to-day life of a player then you can't focus 100% on the football. Even you Try as much as you want on the physical aspect of things. So, I think Duke for Stefanelli, based on the performance levels of Stefanelli to this point, I think it's it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, I do think Ulloa for Gregory, and then I think uh, I think the rest of the team stays the same. Maybe, yeah. and this is, not again, not inside information. It's not inside information. Possibly, maybe, we could see our miami switch to a back five or a back three, if you want to look at it that way just to try to help shore things up defensively. And I think Ryan Saylor would come in in that way. And, and then, um, you know, do you put Yoa, uh in front of the back line or do you just go with Jean Mota? I don't know. I think, I think it's a possibility. I think it's definitely something that's been tabled as an option.
1: And also, Franco, let's remember that they got some players that have been called up to their national teams. Joseph, mm-hmm. Robert Taylor, Mavica. And they are leaving after this game, so it's something to and m l s doesn't stop right stop right for this window. this 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 window, this, yeah. this window. so yeah. it's something that 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 we can see change we could see these changes we're talking about in this game because it's the moment to do it uh
0: so andrea then what's the key to the game very quickly key to the game for inviting to come out with something out of this one
1: I think the midfield is gonna be key of the game in this in this. Um, if they win against, you said Michael Bradley and Calle, I think uh, Inter Miami could.
0: <laughs> Calle? it's K, it's K, K. pronouncing whatever. it Calle like Calle, in Spanish. Whatever. That's hilarious. My, Mark Anthony, Mark <laughs> Anthony Street.
1: <laughs> Mar Anthony, I'm gonna uh, don't don't get there. We to go. Call, I, like gonna, I like that. I like that. Uh, Mar Anthony K, like you call Mark Anthony. It's Mar Anthony. There, there we go. Mark Anthony. Like there we go. Mar Anthony Calle. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, um, this, is a, they, this is a bilingual we, podcast. Yeah, it's a bilingual one <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think if they can if if listen, if Pizarro, Stefanelli and um and um uh, and mota can dominate and and can get their playing abilities in that midfield, I think it's going to going to be important. It's going to be important. So I guess uh, the duel in this in this game especially for Inter Miami is in the midfield. Uh
0: I think for you? I think I want to say take your chances, but you know what? I think they need to be more solid at the back. You know what? You might not need a goal. You might take a 0-0 draw and take your point, and and that's fine. And that's fine. That defense needs to be better because they've relied too much on Drake Calendar, and we'll touch on this in the Q&A session. They've relied too much on Drake Calendar to bail them out through this point in the season. Again, I do think Calendar's making that defense look better than it is. I'm not saying the defense is bad, but they've given up some clear looks that you can't expect Calendar to continuous to continue to bail them out of on a consistent basis. Defense has to be better. You can, if they can hold their own defensively without Gregory, which again, that's, that's, like, that's a key part. Without Gregory, can you hold your own defensively? If you can, you can keep a zero at the back. You give yourself a chance to at least get a point. I think that's the key to the game. Defensively, be very solid. All right, we've talked for a while, gone over the mark. I said we're going to try our best not to, but oh well. Um, All right, Q&A session very quickly after this, and then we'll do the final thoughts, of course, as well. Q and A will go very quickly because we're going long. All right, and it's past midnight now, thanks to the World Baseball Classic.
1: Which Joseph is enjoying also. Edison Ascona, Edison Ascona too. Edison Ascona tomorrow. Edison Ascona has he he will be there. I will see him there because tomorrow is gonna be the he was there. He was there tonight. He was there tonight. Yeah. Yeah, they play tonight, but tomorrow is the big game. Puerto Rico against the Dominican Republic. The reggaeton duo, <laughs> That Yankee versus Osuna.
0: Uh, Osuna's Puerto Rican, girl. Osuna's Puerto Rican.
1: Dominican, Dominican. I think co- I saw him with a
0: Dominican team shirt. So he loves he loves the Dominican Republic, but he's Puerto Rican. Um, anyway, first question. Comes from Battered Herons, and it's something we've touched on for a bit here, so we'll go in a little detail, but not too much. Has Drake made this defense look better than it really is since they haven't surrendered a goal by an opposing player yet? So just, just to reiterate, through three games, has given up a total whopping one goal, and that was the Christopher McVeigh own goal. Now, while that is true, they've given up a lot of good looks that Drake Callender has made spectacular saves on, which is why... He's been named to the MLS team of the match day two in the first three weeks. He's been playing lights out very well in terms of his shot stopping ability. I think he's made that defense look better than it is. Uh, I was actually talking to somebody uh, in the in the lead up into the game against NYCFC, and and you know they asked me about the back line, and I said, look, it's definitely. Uh, more talented, there's more quality in it, but there's still weaknesses there. Christopher McVeigh still has his moments where he struggles. Um, and then we saw that in this game where he scored an own goal. Uh, you know, it, it, I think, you know, if you if you had to say where are the weaknesses in the back line, I think McVeigh and Yedlin are it. Two weeks ago, before the game against Philadelphia Union, uh, someone reached out to me, gave me a call and was going over the team and analyzing the game. And, uh, you know, they, they said something that I think is true. DeAndre Yedlin is a reactionary defender, someone who reacts to the play as opposed to anticipates the play. Now, he's got elite athleticism in terms of his speed, so a lot of times that reactionary defending, he gets by on that because he's quick enough to make up for either poor positioning or or being high up the field. Like he, he can make up for that because of how athletic he is. Uh, another defender makes that mistake or or is higher up the field and they can't get back just because they don't have the wheels nor the, and en- nor the why, engine. And that
1: is why he played in the pre- Premier League because that is that is exactly what they want in, in their fullbacks or whatever you want, wingbacks or whatever fullbacks, you want. Fullbacks, fullbacks. They're fullbacks.
0: So they're, unless you're playing in a five, then you're wings. But anyway, nonetheless, soccer uh, glossary aside, um... So, you know, defensively, there's still weaknesses there. As a collective, I think they're a solid group. But they're, like like anything else, there's strengths and there's weaknesses. Drake Calendar has prevented those weaknesses from being more exposed than they could have been because of the saves he's made. Defense does need to tighten up again. That's my key to the game this weekend. So, yes, Drake Calendar has helped that defense look better than it is. I do think Christoph, you know, he's a player that anticipates, right? Like, it, you know, to... to To kind of go conversely off of what I was just saying about Yedlin, completely different player, center back, of course. But he anticipates the play. He reads the game, like, and that's where I think DeAndre Yedlin struggles. DeAndre Yedlin's more reactionary. He doesn't necessarily read the game all that well. Uh, McVeigh, I think he's he's he he can anticipate the game, but I still think defensively he's not the the best one on one, or doesn't have the most the
1: most. uh, He's a, a, I don't know how to translate that to English, but he's a a center back that is voluntarioso, that Goes and fights for it. Gives it dog. his all.
0: Gives it his all. Yeah. Gives yeah. it his, yeah. his all, but that not necessarily the most talented. As yeah, exactly. As, and you could see that on the own goal, right? Like yes. clearly an, an awkward clearance attempt. And clumsy. Yeah. Clumsy. <laughs> there we go. No, what do we call it? Clumless? Clumless? Um, no, Clumless was uh,
1: Pellegrini's tackle.
0: <laughs> no, no, that means. No, I still think rec- <laughs> reckless. But uh, okay, anyway. All right. Uh, Andrea, this one is for you. Comes from DamonSty80. Brazilian churrasco or Argentina asado and explain your answer exclamation point. Big grin smiling emoji. I like this question, a non-football question, but a, a pertinent question nonetheless.
1: That is hard. Very hard. And I
0: I, I, when I saw it earlier today when I was scrolling through Twitter and I was preparing for the pod, I was like, man, that is a tough question. I have my answer. I have my answer, but I'll wait for you to give yours first.
1: Oh, God. That is hard. That is hard. I think... It's going to depend generally on what you have
0: with each thing. No, 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 no. Don't give me this. (laughs) Don't give me this sitting on the fence. Uh, It's very Steve Brenner, a.k.a. El Primo-like, in terms of trying to give me like a diplomatic answer. No, you got to give me one or the other.
1: Oh, God. I think I'm going to choose
0: a Brazilian churrasco. Wow. See, of course we had to disagree. I like because both very much. I'm
1: yeah, I am like going
0: both. I'm going, Argentino. I'm going asado. I'm going asado. Like, there's just something about asado. You put your chimichurri, mm. Mwah. chef's kiss. I like both. Don't yeah, get me wrong. You can't go yeah, wrong with either one. But if I had to choose, I mean, man, that that asado. Okay, why churrasco? Why churrasco? Give me, give just give me a reason.
1: I I like churrasco. Um, I like both, as you, but I like churrasco because it's a little bit more juicy. So I prefer it that way. But let me let me tell you something. I prefer baleadas over
0: everything. Oh, my god! <laughs> and I'm going to
1: get Franco oh. baleada very soon.
0: B.S. B.S. I have not had a baleada yet. So that's nonsense because they keep saying that, and yet I still haven't had one. So unless I go myself to go find one, it's probably not happening. So anyway, anyway, it probably won't happen until 2027, like NYCFC Stadium, maybe, maybe. Anyway, all right, Uh, that does it for the Q&A session. There were a few other questions, a lot had to do with Gregory and whether Inter-Miami can bring in a replacement. Look, I'll just say this to try to uh, just touch on those or, or give you some type of answer. Look, unless Chris Henderson can pull off some incredible type of Chris Henderson magic, which, hey, maybe... I don't think they're going to bring in anyone that's more than a depth piece. Um, because you have to think longer term, right? If Gregory's still part of the plan, or Busquets, who's supposed to potentially, maybe, possibly arrive in the summer, he's part of the plan. Um, you know, you're going to bring in somebody else that's going to be in this picture long term for what is a, a, a temporary uh, issue. So I think, if if anything, they, might, they could potentially bring someone on board. I'm sure Chris Henderson is exploring the options, but I think... It would just be for a depth piece. I don't think it'll be a a game changer or anything like that. It'll just be someone that can help fill the gap or fill the void in the meantime. All right, Andrea, final thoughts. I'll give mine, then we'll close out the show after that. Go.
1: Okay, my final thoughts for today is the CONCACAF Champions League. And uh, this is a learning uh, experience for MLS because what Austin did... Uh, going to visit Violet FC from Haiti to the Dominican Republic was an insult to football. They didn't take the game seriously. They paid. They lost 3-0. And today, even though they won, they lost against Violet FC. Violet goes through. They are going to play either Orlando or Tigres. And Austin is eliminated. This is a lesson for uh, MLS teams. They need to take the... Tournament seriously like Philadelphia did. Philadelphia went, they kept their players, they played their players here during the weekend against Inter Miami. They lost against Inter Miami. They went to El Salvador. They got a draw. But today they got to their home and won 4-0 against one of the biggest teams in Central America. They did their job. They respected their rival and they are through. And Austin is in their house with the worst ridiculous Uh, result in CONCACAF history because they were a little bit, no, they were not a little bit, they were disrespectful and they didn't respect their rivals and they didn't respect football because this is what football is about. So I hope they will learn because this in a serious league and in any other league that is participating in this tournament would be a resultado saca-tecnico. So I hope the league and the team Learns and grows, especially their head coach, who was very arrogant. Nice
0: There's the word. That learned, is the correct word.
1: Learns to take competition seriously, like Jim Cording, for example, did, or as Steve Cerundolo did with LAFC. And they look, they got the result. They are through. Uh, Philadelphia is through. Uh, LAFC is practically through. So look at the difference. MLS should learn to respect and don't be arrogant just because you have money.
0: So that is the correct word, arrogant, soberbios. That is what Austin exactly. SC was. They went with a wholesale changed lineup to, uh, well, the Dominican Republic. That's where the game was played with the unforgettable tree behind one of the goals. Um, but they thought, hey, we could send our, our B team, complete B team, and we'll get a result. And if if they if we tie, then so be it. We'll take care of business at home. Or if we lose 1-0, we'll take care of business at home. No, no. Put themselves in a hole by being that arrogant, by being that confident, uh, overly confident. I can't even say confident. Arrogant. By being arrogant, arrogant yeah. and they came back to bite them. It came back to bite them. And this was a, a a team, a Haitian team that couldn't travel several players, multiple starters because of visa issues for the away leg, and they got. Uh, they still got the result. They just barely made it. They won the the leg three to two and under. Uh, a barrage of chances and under uh, a lot of pressure laid on. But they did enough to, to hang on and to stun Austin FC. Like you said, it's a learning lesson. Austin FC is a young, a young organization. So... They'll learn from that. Josh Wolf will learn from that. But yes, definitely uh, was a case of arrogance there from Austin FC. Now, for me, my final thought is that David Beckham is back in town. David Beckham reappeared for Inter Miami la- late last week at practice, smiling, talking with some of the players, and then he traveled to Yankee Stadium to take in the game. So David Beckham is back in the South Florida scene. I don't know how long he's taking around for, but... Uh, I don't know if it's positive. I don't know if it's negative. Whatever you know, you can, you, was view... he the salt? <laughs> was the bad luck? I don't know. I don't know. He was just there. He was there, so he's back in. Um, I don't know if he'll he'll travel to Toronto or not. But um, he he made a, a reappearance inter Miami. So something we didn't touch on. I don't think it deserves a whole lot of dissecting. But you know, noteworthy nonetheless. Beckham is back. All right. So that does it for this week's show. We've gone longer than we wanted to. Again. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're, uh, we're work in progress here. So, for Andrea Yanis, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Football Radio. I will talk to you guys again.